Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we have some great news today. A lot of the Buffs' important defenders are coming back to Boulder next season. Um, We knew that Nate Landman was coming back. That news broke last night. Um, But then today, Carl Durrell had an appearance on uh, Matt McChesney's podcast, McChesney Unchained, and while they were there... Carl said that not only would Nate Landman be back next year, but so would Mustafa Johnson, Carson Wells, and Terrence Lang. Uh, Those are a bunch of really, really important pieces of this defense, and that changes a lot of things for Colorado next season. Um, We're going to talk about the details of what he said, uh, a couple of other notes that he had on the quarterback competition, and that's really the plan for today's show. So... Uh, stick around and listen to all that stuff because there's a lot of exciting things to talk about, which is always fun. Um, first off though, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for all of your dental needs. They do really great work. It's a family owned dentistry. They're huge Colorado sports fans. You feel good supporting them and uh, your teeth feel good when you go in there too because, again, they do really great work. Um, our own Lindsay Sauer, our sales director here at DMVR, went out there this summer and got her wisdom teeth out. She said it was a great experience that like they sent her cards and all that kind of stuff and they really made sure that she was doing well, which she was because, again, they do really good work. Um, if that's not a good enough endorsement, there are plenty of endorsements um, from people all over the place, including some DNVR listeners who've gone out there. Um, again, it's just great stuff, and the best part is if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Uh, a great deal. Make sure you take advantage of it. All right. So, in this podcast, uh, the McChesney Unchained Unchained podcast, which you should definitely listen to, uh, you can just search it wherever you look for a podcast. It's a DMVR podcast that um, is done by Matt McChesney, who was a a CU buff, um, a very good one. He wound up going to the NFL, where he played on both sides of the ball, defensive and offensive line, um, in a bunch of different places, including the Broncos, the Jets, um, and just had a very good NFL career. Now he works, um, well, a little bit for us, running the McChesney Unchained podcast, but also with his own gym, 6-0 Strength and Fitness, um, where he trains a bunch of Broncos and Buffs and some of the best high school players. Um, it's a really cool setup, and that's what he's up to. And today, one of his guests, like I mentioned, was Carl Durrell. Um, Carl... 
Uh, first of all, it was a great interview. There was a whole bunch of awesome conversations. Um, they overlapped in Boulder for a, a brief time, I think. I think maybe like Matt's first year or first two years, something like that. He was, um, or Carl Durrell was still a coach here. Um, but yeah, a whole bunch of good stuff in there that you should definitely check out. But again, the most important news probably is what he had to say about the Buffs defense and the big name defenders coming back. So here's what happened. Um, Matt asked, you know, he actually said like, these guys are coming back. Um, How does that make you feel? You're getting the full secondary back. And Carl said, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's, it's exciting to see them coming back. Um, And we're going to get into some of the other things he had to say. Um, But what he said was, Actually, let me pull up. the. We should be using the exact quote. Uh, Nate and Mustafa and Carson and T-Lang and all those guys, they're all back next year. Um, and that's what he said. Again, Matt brought up, like, the secondary is all going to be back. And he actually named, I think, all of those guys to Carl, and Carl set him back. Carl didn't, like, acknowledge that the full secondaries would be back. Um, but he didn't say, like, actually, Matt, you were wrong. And so it seems like that is a fact that is endorsed by Carl. Um, and what that would mean, of course, is that Darian Rakestraw, the safety, would be back next year. He is the uh, only senior in the group. Um, but also, you know, Makai Blackman, Chris Miller. I mean, it, it makes it sound like, at least at this point, um, those guys don't plan on transferring, and they probably spoke to Carl, you would assume. Um, so, yeah, that that's the big news, though, is that the four I mentioned earlier, the two linebackers, Carson Wells, who could have gone to the draft, um, and Nate Landman, who is a senior who likely would have, but he had the uh, ruptured Achilles. They'll be back as long as the two defensive linemen, um, Terrence Lang and Mustafa Johnson, both juniors, but both juniors who could have had a shot to play at the next level next year if they wanted it. Um, on top of that, like I said, Darian Rakestraw sounds like he's back. Um, just the way the exchange went. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, it is a very good thing for the Buffs defense. Um, let's start with Nate because we don't really know what exactly to expect there. Um, Carl did give almost an update on Nate when he said, um, when talking about a, a bunch of the open competitions for jobs, um, which we'll get to later, he said um, Nate is going to have to prove that he is back to the level he was at before. And he's playing at the level that he expects of himself. Um, and, you know, with a, with a ruptured Achilles, you never really know how long the recovery is going to take. It, it definitely doesn't hurt that Nate Landman is still in his early 20s and isn't a little bit further along in his athletic career. But sometimes those injuries do take 12 months to return. Um, he, he suffered it late, or no, middle of December it would have been. Middle of December, I think like the 12th or 13th. So obviously 12 months would mean that he'd miss next season except for the bowl game. Um, if you got that down to nine months, well, then all of a sudden he's back in the middle of September. Um, so that's kind of the range you're looking at. And it could be a very quick recovery and he's back in time to get some practices before the season. Uh, it could be lengthier, but that's what we're looking at. It, it did sound like based on what Carl had to say that it's not a situation where they don't expect Nate to play, which is certainly a good sign. Again, things have to go well, and you don't know what to expect. Um, but the way that Carl talked about it, it did sound like they expect him to contribute. 
in in some capacity next year. Um, so that's definitely a good sign because, you know, I guess all that it really means is that Carl didn't come out and say, you know, Nate, we'll see if he's going to be ready. We'll see, like, if he is able, you know, that kind of stuff. He did just say, you know, he just has to prove that he's playing up to his standards, um, and that's certainly good to hear. Um one question we still have with the linebackers is Akil Jones. I don't think we've heard officially whether Akil is going to take advantage of the opportunity to play a second senior year. Um, again, it, it, as an outsider, somebody who didn't, didn't play college football, it would feel like if you have that opportunity, you take it, especially if you're a guy like Akil who you know isn't looked at, at least as of now or as we've heard um as an NFL draft prospect, you know, maybe he gets a shot after the draft to, to prove himself somewhere. You know, it would make sense to come back and see if you can have a, a big year because, again, every year you play college football, you would expect to get better. Um, and if he just makes a couple more splash plays, um, either catches a couple of breaks or, or comes back and has, you know, added something to his game, that could be huge. Um especially because all these guys have so much experience playing with each other now. Um, and, and really with Nate coming back, it's a, it's a good sign for this defense and just what's on the docket over the course of the next couple of years at that linebacker position. Um, you don't want to be in a situation where you're rushing guys onto the field and, and making them play too soon. And that's what you're avoiding this year. Um, assuming that a kill comes back with Nate, um, just building more and more depth. Um, for example, you know, you look at the guys who will be there with Quinn Perry, um, John Van Deest, um, Marvin Ham. Basically, this year, this 2020 year, was a total buy year for them. They get to come back next year with the same amount of eligibility, just have one more year under their belts before they will be asked to step up in major ways and be a full season starter. Um, and again, all these jobs will be up for grabs. And if they come back and prove they're the best player, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be on the field um, and, and taking jobs from some of these guys. But for a program that was severely lacking depth um, and, and saw some depth develop throughout the course of the season, this is just so huge. It basically just pushes everybody's timeline back one year and makes it so that, you know, the, the, the precedent is set that now we don't play those guys because who knows, maybe next year you have, um, let's say it's Van Deest and Marvin Ham back there with Quinn Perry being the other option. You're kind of throwing him into the fire and hoping for the best. You know, that, that could just be the same case in 2022 when that will likely be the situation. But at least they have another year of experience under their belt. The younger guys, you know, the, the Mr. Williams types, they're going to have another year under their belt to compete for those jobs. Plus, you still have some true freshmen who will be coming in. True freshmen who didn't play last year. I guess you'll have two classes of true freshmen, which is weird. Um, but guys like... Uh, Zephaniah Maya, for example, who will now have one year. And so you just have a lot more competition when the time comes to fill the spot. And that's just a, a good culture to build for things to work that way, for, for guys to have to work their way up. You know, 
Jason Harris, we talked about in the last podcast, he's in the transfer portal. And that sucks because he was one of the highest rated recruits in the Buffs' entire 2020 class. Um, the outside linebacker who's six foot eight and has the length and, and seemed like he could have been a very good pass rusher, he's gone. And you hate to see that. Um, but sometimes that's what happens when guys who are four stars and five stars don't get to play right away. At the same time, though, you look at places like Bama where that's just the precedent that's set. You know, take the receivers, for example, because those are the guys everybody knows. And you can't tell me that John Mechie wasn't going to be able to be a, a good SEC football player a couple of years ago. The problem was he was blocked by Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and all these guys. And so it wasn't until a couple cleared out that he finally got a chance to play. He didn't transfer, though. And, and that's what happens across the roster for all of these teams, you know, the, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, because the precedent is set that if you're a four-star, that doesn't mean you play right away. That means that you probably have to wait until your junior year or so to actually see the field. And at that point, you're probably a one-year starter and off to the draft anyway. That's what you're trying to build in a college football program. And maybe that wasn't so clear to some of the younger players early on that that is ideally how things work. You get a guy a couple of years of experience for basically everybody before they see the field. Um, and, and and now that is what happens. And that is the expectation for players who come in. And it isn't a surprise um, like maybe it was for Jason Harris. Now, any any number of things could be the reason. And he could be wanting to play with his brother um, after the, his brother's head coach was fired, uh, Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. Uh, he could just be wanting to go home to be closer to his family. Like, there are so many things that could be going on there. You just don't really know. Um, but if it was that he was just upset that he wasn't getting any playing time and with Carson Wells and the guys in front of him coming back, there's no guarantees game playing time this year, you know, that could be why he didn't want to go. That should be the expectation for strong programs, and that's what the Buffs are trying to build. And that's what Carl Durrell said the expectation is at this point. Um, he said that the defense, you know, let's see, w let me find the exact quote. Um, they feel that we have a chance to really do some damage if we all come back. If we all have a great offseason and develop as a football team and build our depth and continue to get better at our systems. I think this prelude of what we did this fall tells them that we're really in the thick of this thing. We have as good a chance as anybody to win this conference. That's good stuff. I mean, and, and that's true. You know, you look at how dynasties are built, and it is through things like this. And the buffs aren't to that level, and nobody thinks they are. Drell does think that they're competing for conference championships, but he said after the last game that he still does think that they're probably two or three years away from being at the top tier. And again, that's if everything goes well and, and goes according to the plan that Carl Durrell and his staff are following there. Um, again, though, Somebody responded to uh, the tweet um, that, that the DMVR Buffs account put out, like basically saying that this was said on the podcast, that these guys are coming back. And the response was, this is a, a lot like uh, the 2018 Clemson defense, where they finally had like a class of guys who just said, or no, I think he just said 2018 Clemson. Um, but ba basically where a bunch of guys said, you know what, let's come back for one more year because we have that opportunity and created this backlog of talent um, that has sustained for a few years since then and could sustain as long as the coaching staff is able to keep it sustained. Um, and, and I'm not sure if these guys are to that level, 
But it is a good point that if you do have a situation where, you know, Nate comes back and plays really well and Mustafa plays really well and, and Carson plays really well, Terrence Lang, all these guys take a step and again, take a step. They aren't just what they were this year. Well, then Nate might be playing himself into the second round and Mustafa might be playing himself also into the second round. And Carson, you know, as an edge rusher, if he takes a step up from where he was as the, the player who posted the most tackles for loss per game this season, well, who knows? The sky's the limit for him as well. Terrence Lang, you know, a guy who's borderline getting drafted, probably not at this point, I'd say, but he does have all the tools. They probably just say like, you need to go back for your senior year anyway. Um, a guy like that, he might get into being a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick. And if all these guys exceed expectations by a little bit, then who knows what could happen for CU because this was a very good defense. And things didn't look as good late in the season, but I would say that a lot of that was because Nate Landman wasn't there. Um, and Carl says that being in those situations, you know, playing a team like Texas and seeing what they're like, that helps. I think – let me find the line here. He said – uh now they've touched it. Um, they've touched it. They know where they've made some positive steps, and there's some ground that needs to be gained too. Um, they know it. They feel that they can be in the thick of this thing. Um, see, it's just stuff like that you love to hear. And again, when players come back, you get to be optimistic. And optimistically, this is a team that should be competing for a Pac-12 title. And optimistically, the Pac-12 champion should be getting into the college football playoff. Is that what's going to happen for Colorado? Is that what's going to happen for the conference? Who knows? Because there's some recent history that would make you think that that won't be the case. At the same time, though, again, it, when good news happens, you're crazy if you're not going to be optimistic for a couple days. And then maybe you set realistic expectations and go from there. Um Again, though, this is just such a huge move. And for the defensive line, you know, maybe you do have a bit of a backlog there um, because at this point you already have Janaz Jordan, who for the last week of the season was listed as a co-starter with Jalen Sami. Um, Jalen Sami, a guy who at like six foot six and 320, whatever he is, NFL size right there. And that is what the expectation has to be for a player like him. Janaz Jordan? Very productive. Not like not like he isn't a great athletic specimen himself, um, but for him, a lot of what he's done is just the production. So you have those two right there, obviously with Terrence Lang, Mustafa Johnson. You run a 3-4. How do you take advantage of some of the other guys on the roster when you only have three defensive linemen on the field? And the way they've been able to make it work is by rotating a bunch of guys in. Um, and when Jalen Sami was banged up, that was really good for him. If he doesn't get banged up, does he need like a couple more reps? Who knows? Um, a backlog of talent is a good thing, though. Um, healthy programs have good players transfer out of them because even good players sometimes don't get on the field. And as much as that sucks, that is something that we may have to be paying attention to over the course of the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months. Um, again, though, even if somebody does leave, it's a good thing um, because you have a very good defensive line. You have so many guys, especially when you think about the linebackers playing with them, it, it should be the best front seven in the Pac-12. And it was the best front seven in the Pac-12 this year. What are you going to see from um, the ZAF out in uh, Washington and, and the rest of that group up there or with Kayvon Thibodeau and 
uh, Noah Sewell at Oregon next year. You know, you're going to have to compete for your reputation every year, but they have as good a chance as anybody because all these guys are back. Just such good news um, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the offensive side of the ball just a little bit. Actually, let's let's keep going because I do have another note on the defense. Then we'll take the break. Then we'll get to the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then you guys should go listen to McChesney's podcast uh, because I did, and it was really good. Dave Logan on there too, so who doesn't want to hear from him? Um, safety. Uh, again, I'm assuming Darian Rakestraw is back. We don't know for sure, um, but I think that, that given the information we have, that's the right assumption. Um, that really helps. Um, while Darian Rakestraw may not be seen in the same light that you know, a Nate Landman or a Carson Wells or a Mustafa Johnson is, he was a very productive player on the back end of the defense. And at the very least, you have a veteran option, a guy who's been a, a starter for a season and a half now um, at one of those safety spots. You still like all the talent you have in the secondary. Again, assuming things go as expected and you get everybody back um, with the cornerbacks being Christian Gonzalez and Chris Miller and Makai Blackman, and those are really your three starters um, at corner, if we're calling the star position a corner. And then at the back end, you have your choice. I mean, you assume, wow, I'm stuttering a lot. You assume it's uh, Darian Rakestraw and Mark Perry back there again, but who knows, maybe you see growth from KJ Trujillo, or Nigel Bethel breaks out at cornerback and you want to move Chris Miller to safety. You know, you have some options there, and just one more piece, really, um, whether it's 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 an option to to be a real starter to compete for these jobs, or whether it just means that you have the depth for the inevitable injury that comes to that secondary, and you can rotate rotate pieces around back there. Um, it's just such a huge step for Colorado's depth. Like like also huge, obviously, for the eleven guys who are out there on the field. But it just makes you feel so much better about the second and third guys at all these positions because injuries are inevitable. I mean, imagine if you did lose Akil Jones and John Van D or sorry, and Nate Landman, and then your starters next year again will say Marvin Ham and John Van Deest. Then your backup is Quinn Perry. Your other backup is a guy who is maybe a true freshman, or maybe it's Mr. You have some options there, but none of them are proven. And there's a chance that you could be putting somebody out on the field who isn't ready. That's how you lose football games. And that shouldn't be a problem for the buffs defensively next year. Offensively still, maybe a couple of questions, but we're going to talk about those in a second. Um, and also what Matt McChesney and Carl Durrell said about the buffs quarterbacks, because there were a couple of nuggets there as well. Um, First, though, Breckenridge Brewery makes incredible beers. Uh, the DMVR bar is now back open. Um, I think it's open full-time. Now that I think about it, I'm not really sure what the hours are or anything. I would check the internet. Um, that's what I'm going to do before I go in there. Um, but that's a great place to go get uh, the Strawberry Sky, the Colorado Core, the Avalanche, so many of the great beers that are offered by Breckenridge Brewery. You can also head out to the farmhouse in Littleton, um, a part of their campus down there where you can do ice skating or you can ride the tubing hill, whatever. Um, but most importantly, drink some really good beers and eat some really good food as well. Um, Breckenridge just does really good work. Um, you're never going to be disappointed. 
And if you don't want to go out into the world right now, really don't blame you. Uh, you can use the beer locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. It'll tell you exactly where to pick up whatever beer you want to try. Um, liquor stores, gas stations, just puts them all on a map and it shows you and it shows you which beer is where. Super convenient. Take advantage of that. Also, uh, football's playoffs start this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in. To celebrate the most exciting time of the football season, DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. That's right. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you have to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. While we're all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season is kicked off, so head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings' daily odds boosts. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money from your or at your convenience. Uh, download top-rated uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's football games. That's code DMVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Offensively. Um, so you'll remember that Will Sherman has declared for the NFL draft, uh, which does leave an opening on the Buffs offensive line at left tackle. Um, there are probably some good options to fill the open spot on the offensive line. I mean, there were basically six offensive linemen, you could maybe say seven, who were playing for the Buffs this season. Um, a couple of injuries kind of screwed things up, but it did mean that we saw the Buffs make things work in the running game using a bunch of different com combinations. Um, at the same time, Jarek Broussard was incredibly um, more efficient than the rest of the Buffs running backs. You know, he he was up at like seven, eight yards per carry. Meanwhile, the next best was like two or three, um, which is a bad sign because it means that maybe Jarek Broussard had covered some things up. And again, covered things up while there were injuries, while there were some replacements. Um, what exactly that offensive line is, don't really know because at the same time, it's not like I was super impressed by what a lot of the running backs other than Jarek were doing this season anyway. Um, situation to pay attention to, of course, um, but because we have seen so many players play, uh, we expect to see most of them back next year, maybe all of them except for Will Sherman, although we don't know for sure again. Um, plus, there are some young guys to be excited about um, you would think the offensive line's fine. Um, Katie Nixon, again, nothing official there. Um, assuming he comes back, you are stacked at receiver again, um, maybe even like a transfer situation. But at this point, you've seen enough of these guys play good college football to expect them to be just fine going forward as a baseline. And on top of that, you have all the potential we've all seen with Brendan Rice's combination of size and speed, and Levante Chenault's length and catch radius, and you know the, the fact that he's just caught so many balls. And Dimitri Stanley now is one of the best slot receivers in the entire Pac-12. So again, there's so many pieces there. You like what you have. Running backs, you love what you have with Jarek Broussard, but you wonder whether there's going to be transfers behind him, whether they'll be able to find a number two this year. You'd expect them to, but if Alex Fontenot can't go the question is up in the air and by can't go I don't mean like stays hurt but 
like leaves the program or for some reason isn't a buff. Um, so yeah. And then all of that, just to say that at quarterback, we have a little bit of new information. Um, Sam Neuer, it does sound like is the guy, but Carl did say every job is up for grabs. Um, Sam didn't play as well as he expects of himself or as well as we need him to in the last couple of games of the season. Now, at the same time, we know that he was dealing with shoulder problems throughout the season. It seemed like those really flared up late in the season, and he's since had that shoulder surgery um, to hopefully solve all those problems. We learned last week that he may not be ready to go for spring football. On today's podcast, uh, Carl kind of alluded to that situation, um, saying that, oh, where'd this go? Uh, duh, duh, duh. Well, first of all, he said Sam Neuer came from nowhere. He knows he needs an offseason of work and digesting information, getting better for him to play at a level um, that he thinks he's capable of playing and that we expect him to play. And then he talked about Brendan Lewis. He said, we have some good young quarterbacks. You saw young Brendan Lewis come in the game and do some really positive things. He should be excited about if Sam doesn't come back, then maybe I get a chance to lead this team. So that's what's going on there. And if Brendan does lead this team well during spring ball while Sam is stuck on the sideline, that could change some things. But what it feels like is like almost like there's this competition for sure, but Sam Neuer almost has a bye. Like Brendan needs to prove during spring ball that fall camp should be a competition between him and Sam. And if things don't go well for Brendan, then fall camp you go into it saying Sam is our guy um, and you know anything is still on the table at that point but it does feel like Sam is just in the competition in the fall Brendan needs to prove that he deserves to be in that competition with him and that probably goes for the same or for the other guys as well you know JT Shrout or maybe a Mike Chandler or Grant Sicaroni Sicaro wow I just realized I don't know how to say that right now but um maybe they prove that they belong in that competition as well Drew Carter another name um but Brendan kind of does need to have things go well for him this spring. Um, what happens this spring if Sam is able to go? Who knows? Um, but that is the little update that we got there. Um, I think that's about it. You know, I guess I should say that Durrell was talking a lot about how every job is open. He told a story about when he was a receiver at UCLA, and I think he said he was a sophomore and the starter was a senior and the senior graduated, and he thought that he was just going to be the next starter. And then there was this baseball star who decided that he wanted to be a dual-sport athlete um, for the last couple of years he was in college, played receiver at UCLA, and Carl was just like, no, wait a second, why are we splitting reps? And he went to his offensive coordinator, um, who was Homer Smith, who you may have heard of, um, but basically said what's up with this isn't this like my turn to be the guy here now and what he was told was I'm always trying to find someone better than you and Carl basically said that that's a mentality now and everybody needs to understand that yes you are the guy and we're happy that you're the guy but if we can get a better guy you can't blame us for doing that and so he says that every year uh, you are really just going to be looking for who is the best and everything in his mind is an open competition. Um, so not a huge surprise, but it was kind of interesting to hear him go into more detail than just saying, we're going to play the best player, which is what you always hear. Um, 
there's a decent quote. Um, he said, literally every position on this football team is going to be competitive. In other words, there's no incumbent. You're going to have to come in there and explain why, if you were a starter in 20, why you should be the starter in 2021. So there you go. Um, a bunch of other good stuff that you should listen to. Um, again, you can find that. It's McChesney Unchained. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you can listen to that podcast too. Um, and uh, again, it's really good stuff, including some stuff about how Carl is not happy. Um, also, there's a story up on the website that included a whole bunch of these things. Um, but he said, uh, this team that ended up 4-2, and two, I'm not happy with how we ended. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, the last two games of the year, we didn't win. So that's the taste that I have in my mouth. It's not the taste that, oh, Carl, you had a great year and all that. That is far from where I'm at right now. And more of that kind of stuff you can find in the story at thedmvr.com. More of that kind of stuff that you can find if you listen to the actual interview with Carl Durrell instead of just my thoughts on the interview by listening to the McChesney Unchained podcast. Um, we'll be back in the next couple of days talking more basketball, some football stuff. We'll do like some big like season review things. But I kind of want to wait and see what happens in the transfer portal before we jump in with like all of that big stuff. Um, just kind of let things settle for a week or two and then come back clear headed after going through all these games. Um, so that's kind of the plan going forward that, and obviously the basketball season, and then we'll get into spring football when that gets here. Um, appreciate everybody for listening and I'll see you all tomorrow. I think they like my Colorado sway, when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag is pushing 180. Speed and pad competition. See you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya, hey, you on your own now. Why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. In the middle of the ring, throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine boat in Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start hit the field, the opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't worried about arrival. If you wanna come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival. When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival. Why you make it? Why you make it? Yeah, you better bring your Bible. Side, flat line, no 
revival. Get them thugs, get them boss, mess them up, we say we got them. If we don't, then we'll get them. When we see them, then we have them. Like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a boss with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. Colorado sway, my 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 Colorado